Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Better Than Yesterday. I'm Osher Ginsberg and this is a podcast that I do uh, twice a week. I do it on a Monday, often with a guest, and I do it Friday, often by myself, but not today. Today I uh, I do have a guest with me. We're going to get to him in just a moment, just a short phone call, uh, well, Skype call, or whatever it is, have we, we spoke. Uh, we weren't in the same room, but just a quick chat with Dan Illich. I hope wherever you are, you are safe and you are well. As I have been telling you every week when I've been talking to you, um, currently um, large parts of Eastern Australia are on fire. I speak to you tonight from Sydney where phones keep going off telling us that there is rain approaching and there's rain approaching because the algorithms in the radar app that we have is seeing the density of the smoke as rain clouds. Uh, Yeah, it's full on, man. It's super, super full on because I guess, you know, as, as you know, we make a TV show in Fiji and um, I spend a fair amount of time over there making a show called Bachelor in Paradise and something like sea level rise, even though it's it's smashing parts of northern Australia already, particularly uh, Darwin and, and areas around there, sea level rise doesn't really come into the minds of uh, the urban population, I guess, where the majority of people live because they're often far from the ocean, you know. But fire, people understand. It's terrifying. It's horrible. It's utterly awful. And this is what's been going on for about the last five or six weeks here in Australia. Thoughts and prayers are being sent by people in power, which, as you and I both know, uh, does fuck all. But that's where we are. Not helped by the, I mean, I guess eventually you're going to be denying climate change and you're going to start to look pretty silly, you know. You really are. You really are. And that's that's just a fact. So, unfortunately, there are people who are in humongously powerful positions of broadcasting power in this country who do do such things and spend large amounts of time and huge amounts of hours on air giving airtime to bunkum science when our nation is literally burning from the actual science that has been actually been proven to have actually been there for years. It sucks, man. It really sucks. But hopefully this is the sort of thing that will make many people realise that, oh, shit, this isn't happening in 50 years. This isn't happening in 30 years. It's happening this Thursday night, which is what's going on. And I'm okay. You're okay. We're okay. Hopefully. It's terrible. I hope if you are affected and you are 
suffering loss and property loss and, and grief, I hope that you are right and you're doing what you can to stay strong. And I hope that you are and your community are okay. The gravity of this and the gargantuan size of it is, is overwhelming. So I hope you're all right. We have ash falling on our house today. And uh, we live about, I don't know, a kilometre from the water <laughs> where we are. A long way from the fire. So that'll give you an idea of the scale and magnitude of what's going on. These fires are a long way away and there's ash falling on our house. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Anyway, speaking of broadcasters... <laughs> I am very, very grateful to speak with you uh, today and, and talk to Dan Illich, who, as you know, has been on this show. Uh, he's an extraordinary man. He has a podcast called A Rational Fear. He had a TV show called A Rational Fear that went for a while there. He's a very, very, very talented man. He's worked over the years. He's worked for places like Al Jazeera. He's worked for places like The Guardian. He worked for Get Up for a while, I think. He's a really talented guy. He's seen all sides of politics and communication of social uh, and political issues. And he has, you know, with a bunch of very, very talented people, including Mark Humphreys, who has been on this show as well, created an extraordinary show, uh, which you can find on Audible. It's called Riot Act, and it's out right now. So if you get the Audible app uh, on the device you're listening to right now, uh, you can listen to it. And it's basically, uh, it's not exactly what I wouldn't call it. It's a narrative comedy. It's a narrative comedy in, I think, eight episodes about a talkback radio host. And um, I'll let Dan tell you more. So enjoy this uh, little quick Friday chicken chat with Dan Illich. How are you, Dan? Osha, I'm great. <laughs> Good. I, uh, I cannot thank you enough for sending me an early version of Riot Act, the new project you've been working on with Mark Humphreys, mainly because I got to listen to two people that have been on my podcast make something incredible together. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's something that we've been working on a long time. Back when I was living in Los Angeles, uh, I was coming at, to my end of my time there and I was looking at coming home and I was wondering who mm. I should work with. And this is kind of an idea that had been percolating in my brain since I'd seen it, seen Mark first do the character on SBS when he was on the feed. And I thought, gee, it'd be so cool to write a TV show. Like, all I want to do is be in something like Veep or write something like Veep or create a, a long-form narrative project 
um, with some really great people. And when I was kind of thinking about who would be good to do that with, and I thought, well, Mark's got this great character. I might talk to Mark and Evan, see if we can think about trying to create this Campbell Parks character, give this Campbell Parks character a world, a feeling, and kind of be able to say something about Australian politics and media at the same time. And it was one of those things where it was a, uh, it was like on a bit of card stuck on my wall for a year. And we kind of eventually got around to it. Every now and then, Mark, Evan, and I would meet up and we would uh, brainstorm ideas for what this narrative could look like and who, what this could be and slowly, slowly catch a monkey, as the phrase is. <laughs> and we kind of built this this story and then I started kind of pitching it around to television production companies and no one was really interested well, in terms of networks. No networks are kind of interested in it. And then I saw that Mark Fennell was doing some great work with Audible and I, that made me very jealous. So I was like, well, if Mark's doing a show at Audible, maybe I could get to do a show with Audible too. And this is one of a bunch of projects that I took into Audible and um, Ben at Audible really loved this one. And he, he kind of, he thought, he thought he's got a pitch to the UK. He's not quite sure what the UK would think of it, but then the UK came back and was like, oh yeah, this is, this is a really interesting idea. And so piece by piece, Audible supported it, helped us you know, get it written and helped us put it through development and helped us craft the narrative. And then what, eight weeks ago now, when this comes out, I, I jumped in the deep end and produced it. Incredible. Made it so it was uh, really amazing with the help of the Uncanny Valley folks in Glebe. Just, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of resources to do it, but it, what there was was enormous political mm. will and enormous social will from all the great people yeah. that are in it. So I, I'm internally grateful for everyone who came and performed for $42.02 an hour. <laughs> I laughed when I saw Tony Martin's invoice. It was like his cab fares were triple the amount of his fee. And I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> for, for people who, who, who don't know, Campbell Parks, uh, basically the, it's an eight-part audible original it's a i don't know i wouldn't call it a, a radio play i'm calling it a i'm calling it like a narrative, narrative comedy, okay there we go you know. based around campbell yeah. parks who was a clueless right-wing talkback radio presenter and the adventures that unfold between him and his uh wonderful immigrant very very highly educated islamic female producer and um it's absolutely scathing. I think the whole time I, I was listening to it, you sent me an early link and I was listening to the episodes as I worked out and the whole time I was listening to it, I just had to keep texting you like, oh, my God, this is scathing. <laughs> this is fucking brutal. What a takedown. Like, I just couldn't <laughs> believe that. What I loved about it most, Dan, was that you're not only taking aim fair and square at the tropes and the age-old buttons that are pushed by reactionary talkback radio media, but also... The exact same behaviour on the other side of the political spectrum, which was just so beautiful and painful and wonderful all at the same time. Well, thanks so much, Osha. It means a lot. Like you're, you actually are probably the first person outside the production to listen to it. <laughs> and so it was really cool to have you text me a, a running commentary and I was trying to keep up with you and listen ah. at the same time. And... Yeah, it's one of those things where you. It, this isn't a, a show like Frontline. Frontline is a show that's very much like a workplace comedy about the ins and outs of uh, of a particular production. This is about politics at the extremes and about how political discourse kind of operates in 2019. And so it, it's not born out of 
born out of hate or, or spite or, or anything. It's just born out of what Mark Evan and I and Casey Enning find, you know, hypocritical and funny about it because Evan and I and Casey, have, we've all worked in uh, social good uh, enterprises, trying to get money out of people to facilitate great things and many respects we have. Like I, you know, I, I used to work at, I used to make campaigns for Get Up and 10, 15 years ago and and up in the 2014 election I was like their creative director and so it's not a world we're unfamiliar with and we just kind of took what they do and kind of tweaked it a little bit. Uh, I still, I, it's not a direct criticism of, of get up at those organisations because they do do good work but we just kind of thought, well, what if an organisation like that was run by someone who was a bit of a narcissist? So the person in our um, show run who runs Activate is also the sister of Campbell Parks, the protagonist. So I love the idea that this antagonist and protagonist are related. They're both insane narcissists and they both run at both sides of the political spectrum, both trying to gain credibility and traction within their own tribes to kind of uh, fight their way to the top of influence. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's like they're still trying to impress yeah. mum um, some, in some kind of gesture. And I think, I think that's the uh, – I mean, I am – I'm listening to uh, Jonathan Haidt's excellent book, um, The Righteous Mind, at the moment. So that that that's the kind of lens through of which I was viewing all of all of this, <laughs> uh, which is great. But what I, I particularly loved as someone who I consider myself mostly centrist, with a bit of a limp on the left hand. All right, that's that's you know that's uh, I like things like modernity and I like things like looking after each other and I also like security. It's okay. To have this, you know, <laughs> you should listen to the Osher Goodsberg <laughs> podcast, and you know that guy will make you a full raving left left leaning lunatic. But um, you know, so but I have, you know, I was joking with my uh, my team here. I was like, "What are you giggling about?" I said, "Oh, I'm listening to this show that Dan Illich has done," and they're like, "Oh yeah, you know." And I said, "Yeah, have you ever, you know, accidentally donated money?" to someone that you met at a farmer's market, then you just constantly get emails for the next five years. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah, they go in right into that. <laughs> it's really good. It's, 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 it's quickly screenshot that, send it out in an email, like the amount of times through the day. Uh, like when I've donated money to people that I, I can do things that I can't to help our society. You know, and then they'll just like, fuck, stop sending me emails, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it gets a bit um, tiresome. E Evan Williams, who is Mark's writing partner in a lot of the stuff that he does, wrote this absolute superb parody of a social good charity email as if mum had interned for a few weeks and uh, and so it was mum guilt-tripping her son so into good. doing things for her and it was just this beautiful parody. And it, it, I recommend anyone, I'm, I'm just going to log on now and find it because it's worth talking uh, about. I'll, I'll please do it. While you do that, I, I, I will have to say, and then on the other side of the political spectrum which you, which you are talking about in this extraordinary series is not only the, okay, let's hang on, let's just take a travel through the middle, which is the, the actual ins and outs of the broadcast world, which is something I'm, I'm incredibly familiar with. And um, the program director, Nugget, whom you play, <laughs> who uh, you texted me saying he's a mixture of every EP I've ever had. And I went, you know what? Me too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was just and, and constantly going to long lunches at nine with Plugger and Tugger to talk about the merger. It, it just, <laughs> the, the, this is kind of stuff like if people are, 
at, at all worried about. I mean, we've been exploring this over the last few weeks on my show with someone like Ryan Holiday talking about the news and breaking the news down and understanding that the news is just there yeah. to make money. And then it's not actually in the business of informing you. It's in the business of making you frightened about something. And therefore, I'm going to give you another thing tomorrow at 6.30, uh, which will make you feel more frightened at the same time, understand that I'm the only person that can take the fear away. And yeah, they're like the, how the machinations of how that works, uh, which, which we'll, we'll get to in a minute. Did you find that email? Oh, yeah. So um, the, the McSweeney's article is called My Mum Interned at a Nonprofit and Now All Her Emails Are Different by Evan Williams. Uh, it's on McSweeney's. If you look it up, you'll find it. And it is just it's just brilliant. So, <laughs> so let me just start by saying subject, it's life and death. Son, comma, can you take a moment to imagine what, would, what life would be like if you had died? <laughs> so it's like just straight away, it's just like straight off the bat, it's like, uh, automatically like pulling at the heartstrings. Uh, and if you get a chance to check it out, please do it. I'll send it to you so you can put it in the show notes. It's one of the, one of the all-time great parodies. So we're not strangers to kind of to this world. Yeah. And so Evan was really, Evan in particular and I, we were particularly excited to kind of make fun of the world that that you know gave us many opportunities what? well exactly <laughs> and I think it, but it's super important because the very same tricks that make people on the and as I'm finding out in this Jonathan Haidt book we are hardwired to fall a little more to the conservative protective side of things and so that the tricks that are used by media and broadcasters and 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 uh, you know internet content creators to trigger those things inside us are also used by the left. It was fantastic listening to that play out in your writing. But um, one of those things, I, I couldn't quite believe how easy it was in one conversation between two female characters, that just the so fucking simple written on the whiteboard playbook of talk radio and that it's the same formula. It's like a Seinfeld, not even, it's like a, it's like a CSI episode. It's the same thing every time. <laughs> yeah, it's, and that's kind of one thing that, I mean, that was a tricky conversation to put in. It, it ended up being like it's a nine-minute scene and there's not much happening in that scene in terms of comedy, but it's we're trying to do a lot of heavy lifting in terms of why we created this piece. And that's a, it's a, a really interesting scene between Campbell's producer and the producer of a breakfast show host who recently died. And uh, Greta Lee Jackson plays that producer and she's just so brilliant and non nonplussed in her performance. And Anjali Rao, who plays Campbell's producer, is so superb. She herself said that this is a remarkable script because this is like my entire career. It's like you've been in my brain. And she's a she's a woman of colour who's had enormous success in um, broadcasting. She's a CNN anchor. Her show was watched by 200 million people around the world. And now she like lives in Australia <laughs> and doesn't get a lot of media opportunities. She does a little bit of the project and a little bit of bits and pieces here and there. And she's just like, this is, this script is just speaks to me. It's like, this is my entire career. <laughs> and so it's really nice that um, folks like that uh, can see themselves or sad rather <laughs> and sad and funny that people can see themselves in the script. And that's kind of why we wrote it. And I think that that scene in particular is a really important scene where we kind of just uh, just it's not every trick in the book. It's just a couple of things that we notice. And because doing this job, doing talkback radio every day is really hard. And the hardest thing you can do is get across the issue and go deep into it and understand what's going on with nuance. 
that's too hard. The easiest thing to do is to complain about and say it's all bullshit and just say the same rhetorical devices over and over again because, you know, you got up at 4.30 in the morning and, you know, you've got to do it again tomorrow. There's no use learning all about the energy consumption of of diesel vehicles when you could just uh, say how it's all fucked. So it's one of those things where we kind of forget as an audience that people who are in charge and people who are doing this day after day are doing a really hard job and often take the shortcut because it's the easiest thing to do and that's kind of the playbook. There are very few broadcasters, I would say, that go deep on the issue and understand the issue and give a fair assessment of, of issues only because they have to do it every day and you can't be an expert on every single topic. Yes, and it is now more than ever as we as a society speed up in our impact on our very ability to live on this planet, every time a Andrew Bolt, Ray Hadley or Alan Jones says something reactionary and gives us, as you say so wonderfully, a what next, the <laughs> the five-carriage-long road train just lurches to one side or the other. And it's so fucking dangerous that this is the, 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 the way it is and that every person, every, and I use that analogy, you know, because I mean it, you know, the road train is just full of cattle, just people who just don't give a shit. They just want to be told what to think. And then the thing just like lurches to one side. The whole thing's going to fucking roll over. I think that's a very reactionary point. No, Sorry, hit me. Go. I, I'm just distracted by you. I'm just distracted by your Fiji water bottle there. Uh, it's that not you have. urine, uh, <laughs> and I and it would look like a, a spurious colour. <laughs> Is that a new kind of mineral enhanced? Uh, no, it's, uh, it's got water a it's got a barocca and a hydrolite in it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I know, Ashi, you've gone through a body transformation and I know it's great, but drinking your own urine is not no, something that you're very no, public no, about. No, I've never, I, I haven't done that in a while. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, and it's, that is a reactionary thing I, to say and, and, and break down my reaction, please. Well, okay, I think I think it's it's pretty reactionary thing to say, but I don't think uh, the Australian population as a whole is that in tune with radio shock jocks and conservative media. I think, particularly when it comes to climate change, the Australian public as a whole are pretty good bullshit detectors and they know what's going on. And I think there's probably 20%, maybe 30% of people who, maybe a few percent of people who don't know and then a larger percent of people who think it's all bunk. And that small percentage is holding us hostage to a large degree in terms of policymaking and, as well as corporate influences mm. in, in this space. But it, it's it's changing, but just so slowly. And I blame Kevin Rudd, and uh, <laughs> and, and that's it. Anyway, so it's it's one of those things where I think the Australian population is smarter than a lot of um, media and are, are in tune. But there are also a lot of people out there who are ignorant and who only listen yeah. to those shock jocks and who have very fixed points of view, who who aren't informed or who dismiss science altogether. And that is, and that's terrifying. Right. And that's terrifying for the, for the time we live in. And, you know, a lot of it, when we talk about media structures, a lot of it comes down to people who are, who have the reins to, who have the job to inform us. And those people are overworked or, or don't have the time to deep dive mm. on their things that they need to understand. And then you've got folks who, who like me at a time, 
did a lot of breakfast television to have an opinion about something. And I would always ask to get briefed the day before so I could go through and find out exactly how uh, I felt about every everything yeah. on, on a Studio 10 or on yeah. a Channel 9 segment list so I could understand what was mm. going on. But I'm just a fucking idiot. Like, I'm just an unemployed comedian. What are you getting me on your show to have an opinion about big issues about? I'm, a, I'm an idiot. I do it professionally for a living. So, you know, but I, as someone who was on those shows, I found it, found it, I needed to be responsible and understand those issues as much yeah. as I could. And certainly when I'm doing radio, I try and get my head around it because you, as a broadcaster, you have a commitment to the audience to be mm. informed and to understand as much as you can so you can have a constructive con- a conversation yeah. about it. It's, I mean, but um, some people don't feel yeah. that way, <laughs> but I feel that way. I feel a responsibility when I'm broadcasting or writing or something to get it right. Well, I, and, I, and I know it. Ex- I've been on Studio 10 a few times and, and you're absolutely right. They do four hours a day of television, not radio, television. So they're on, their faces are on. They can't be signing to someone and reading notes. They have to be. So I understand that the way of being is just like, okay, I didn't know what we were talking about 40 seconds ago. I'll look at it now. How can I run this through my filter that gives people who watch me the feeling that I, they know exactly what I'm going to say next. <laughs> and that's pretty much it, yeah, uh, which is yeah. what you get on, which you, what you get, you get, you drill, it hit me in the heart when you talked about the what next trick, yep. which just yep. like it, in many ways, remember back in the like '90s, Mitch Pelagi from X Files uh, hosted a show behind the magician's mask, and the idea was they were showing how all these big Vegas illusionists do their big tricks. Right. With it, they had like a big Vegas illusionist who had a mask on, basically saying, "I'm going to be ostracised, but I'm showing how we make a woman disappear or how we cut <laughs> someone in half because I want my magician's industry to <clears throat> evolve. I'm yeah. sick of doing stuff 500 years ago. Hello." Uh, this is this is my mum. Oh, Hello. <laughs> yeah, that's my mum. Bula. Happy birthday. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, she's lovely. You know what I mean? Like this, this, this the, the idea of what, and he was a, apparently the guy that did it was like a big, big, big Vegas magician. Yeah. And he wanted to do it because he wanted to make his industry involved and stop doing stuff that's been done since Victorian times. It's like, let's come up with new illusions. Here's how we did all the tricks. Here it yeah. is. Here's how I made an elephant disappear. Make something else. And yeah. it was a primetime show. Yeah. Do you think that what you're doing or what you're trying to do with this is basically trying to go, this is the formula, this is all they're doing, let's find another way to have conversations in public? Uh, that's a very high-minded um, thing to say. Uh, and if I was uh, giving a lecture at Sydney University, I'd say, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but what I probably what I'm more interested in doing is I'm more interested in having a really good time. <laughs> and bursting, I'm really interested in bursting the bubble of importance, undercutting the importance of these institutions that people give trust to when yeah. they shouldn't be giving trust to. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm more interested in calling bullshit in a way rather than actually planting a flag in the ground with a noble idea of progressing conversations. <laughs> yeah. But I think like any Australian comedian, calling bullshit is something that is dear to our hearts. And I think that's yeah. kind of like, that's kind of what I, my modus operandi has been you know, for, for 15 years when I've been working in the show business. So, Mate, look, honestly, I, I can't wait for people to hear it, Dan. It's so funny, so scathing, so brilliant. <laughs> you don't need to be a media insider to get why. It's fantastic. You just need to be aware of how the conversation in our country happens every day and who sets the agenda and what it is 
they have. The thing, the thing is for me, like I, I feel like I've had so much experience on many different sides of this kind of idea, mm. not only as a broadcaster later in my career, but early in my career I was the centre of attention for, you know, media hate and out- outrageous hyperbole when I made a musical called Beaconsfield a Musical in A-flat minor. And that was a really interesting experience where I experienced so the what next and I experienced the Sisyphus and I experienced all these things that were perpetrated towards me. And I was like to have uh, Neil Mitchell go, what next? You're going to write a musical about Hitler? And it's one of those things where I was like, well, you know, Mel Brooks has already done that. So I probably, <laughs> ah, won't, probably, I probably, won't, I probably won't do that. But it's like it's one of those things where it's like it's such a lazy – you could hear him when he was interviewing me, you could hear him trying to figure out what next segment he's got coming up. Like he was just being lazy and not engaging in the conversation in a meaningful way. He was like, oh, well, I think I've got the minister for blah, 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 blah coming up. You could hear that in his head mm. while he was talking to me because he wasn't listening. He just wasn't you know, attuned to what I was saying. He wasn't having a conversation. He was having a monologue to me. Yeah. And it's like he'd already made up his mind. He'd already wanted to say what he wanted to say. I was his whipping boy for 10 minutes, so I could fill 10 minutes of his air time so he could get to the next 10 minutes, so he could get to the next 10 minutes, so he could get to the next 10 minutes, sign off and go home. You know, like yeah. we're all filling the air with words yeah. in, in this kind of sense. We're, all broadcasters have a blank slate that they need to fill and often they're filling it in a way where there isn't a lot of thought given to what they're feeling with. That's kind of that idea. And then on top of that, on top of that with Campbell and with um, Trudy, uh, you've kind of got this uh, narcissism and self-importance thing going on at the same time. Mm. By feeding their own narcissism, they're actually making the country worse. It's kind of one of these things. Mark Humphreys would slam me if I explained the entire plot line for the show. No, 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 (laughs) I won't. I'll just say that... It is extraordinary writing. It is scathing satire. It's Jimi Hendrix with Zippo Fluid uh, on a guitar. <laughs> That's uh, too kind. It is <laughs> like I, I, the amount of times because I was I, I listen to stuff like that when I train. I know sometimes I listen to metal, but most of the times I listen to brainy shit like that. And I suck a couple of times I had to pause it because I'm like, I'm going to drop a kettlebell on my head if I am laughing too much. Well, I hope you, I hope also you had to rewind and listen to jokes again. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I don't know oh. if there was ever a time where you were like, like had to hit the back button a few times just to get that that line or something. I, I know I'm still listening to it. So I've got, I've got three hours of work ahead of me right now. So we're two weeks out from where this aired and I need to listen to the show again because I've got the new finals again. So oh. I, every time I listen to it, I hear something new and I go, oh, gee, that sound effect's really funny or that person's really funny or this performance is just so good here or I always laugh at Mark here or Angeli Rao is just so scathing there or, or Gretel Colleen is just so brilliant here. And Tony Martin when he does character voices, you go, oh, fuck, I forget that's Tony Martin. Gee, that's really good. There's a guy in our show, um, he's not, he doesn't have any profile in Australia as a comedic actor, but he's one of the best voiceover actors in advertising in Australia. You, you, you would have heard his voice a million times if you listen to radio or television. His name is Rupert Dagas, and he plays about seven different characters, <laughs> often in the same scene in this show as well. So he is absolutely brilliant and his performance is just so pitch perfect and so funny comedically. I'm really thrilled. I'm excited you love it. I'm excited for people to hear it. It, Mm. it, It's one of the things where Audible was so wonderful with the creative license for this that they 
basically kind of let us do whatever we want to do and just kind of pushed it in the right position to kind of get the narrative right, which is wonderful learning experience for us. And it's one of those things I'm intensely proud of because in Australia, no one's making things um, mm. for television. And television is my background and I'm a filmmaker and stuff like that. So this is the first audio narrative that I've ever made. Mm. And it, the only reason I made it is because no one's making narrative comedy in Australia. Mm. And no one, particularly the ABC, would ever commission a show like this because it's too tricky politically for the ABC right now to make a show like this, mm. and which is the opposite of what the ABC should be. So it's really thrilling that... Jeff Bezos has paid us to kind of to make fun of Australian media and politics. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> we, we salute you. Dan Illich, it's always great to have you join us on the show. You're the best. Riot Act is out right now. Get it on Audible, uh, which is an app on the phone that you're listening to this on right now. If you don't have the app, I do believe, how does it work? Is it people pay for it or is it part of the Audible originals that you just get if you're a part of Audible? If you're part of Audible, you get it for free. So it's it's just go and download it. Yep. If you already got, got it, go and, go and download it. And if you're not part of Audible, you get a month, a one month free trial. So please, I will just say this is the hardest we've worked on something for a very long time and I'm very, very proud of it. And uh, I look forward to people listening to it and um, sending me mean tweets about it. I can't wait. What <laughs> next? A radio play? Of- Never mind. Uh, <laughs> What's a fucking podcast, Osha? Jesus fucking oh, Christ. Oh, that shit was so good. It's a fucking, it's a fucking radio show on your phone. Fuck, no one's going to listen to that. <laughs> so fucking Fucking good. bullshit. So good. I love you, Dan, man. Have a fantastic day. Enjoy lunch with mum. <laughs> Thanks, Osha. And can I say thank you for listening to the show? It's really... You're the best. You are one of the first people to hear it and it's really cool how enthusiastic you are about it and it's really buoyed me <laughs> and I'm really excited to show it to more people now so man it's really good uh, I really appreciate the running texts as well that was fantastic <laughs> it's really good I might have to go back and listen to it again you're the best Dan that is Dan Illich you can find the new project that him and Mark Humphreys and a bunch of other very talented people are working on it's called Riot Act uh, you can get it on Audible only on Audible and uh, it's exceedingly good I howled with laughter it was very hard I was listening to it while I worked out last week and it was very very hard to uh, lift a kettlebell uh, while snort laughing through my nose very dangerous because I have uh, 24 kilos above my head while snort laughing I don't recommend it anyway I hope you're safe wherever you are I hope you're well wherever you are I hope that if you are safe and well you do consider donating money to the rural fire service in your area to help them help us because goodness gracious me (laughs) doesn't seem the people in power are going to do it oh shit oh well maybe this is how we'll do it anyway I'm glad you're here I'm glad we're here together wherever you are I hope it's okay I hope it's okay and um, until we speak on Monday sleep well and dream of beautiful things 